Welcome to Season 2 of Ing Podcast, a production of Menno Media's Leader Magazine. This week on Ing Podcast, we're sitting down with four of the creators of the Soil and the Seed Project, an endeavor created during the pandemic in 2021 to nurture faith through music, art, and little liturgies. Our conversation begins now. Join us as we journey together. Friends, welcome to Ing Podcast. I'm really excited today to be sitting down with a number of folks to talk about the Soil and the Seed Project. Uh, It's timely, given that we are moving our way through the Lenten season. Um, This is a a project of resources to help people navigate uh, different liturgical seasons on the calendar. And um, this fits really well with the season that we currently are in as a global church. And I'm excited to have some of the creators of this project. Friends, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Uh, my name is Melody Zimmerman, and I am the lead writer for the Little Liturgy part of the project. And I am Seth Christman. live in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, I, I work a few different jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I work half-time as a public elementary school special education teacher, but then my other biggest part of my work is with uh, the Soil and the Seed Project, which I do half-time. And my family, four kids, my wife uh, and partner, Teresa Peachy Christman, we live in Harrisonburg and we love it. I'm Harrigan Bowman and I'm the uh, visual artistic director on this project and also get to work with Melody as a writer, as a supporting writer to the Little Liturgies. I'm Greg Yoder, uh, a music teacher. I do development work also for the private school where I teach. Um, my wife and I have a small farm where we do a large garden and have goats. Uh, I am a big supporter of, uh, the soil and the seed project. Very excited about what Seth is doing and, um, am doing a little bit of work to help him grow the project as big as it can be. Um, because I think it's really special and, um, has something has, has a really uh, neat role to play for families and communities and for the broader church. Well, there's a really beautiful website for the Soil and the Seed Project. And um, from That's there, great. I can read that this is a project that nurtures faith through music, art, and little liturgies for daily and weekly use in the home. Um, that all sounds like uh, a lot of wonderful things all rolled into one sentence. Uh, <laughs> Seth, how did, you, how did you start this project? Where did the impetus come from to, to launch this endeavor? I mean, the last several years, uh, Teresa and I worked with a team of people to help bring folks together in communities, mostly folks who weren't necessarily connected to the church, create spaces for them to belong, particularly children and families. Um, And so uh, through something called Kids Club. And so we walked with about a dozen churches in the Shenandoah Valley as they got to know their neighbors and listened to Mm. them (laughs) while they both gave and received love. Um, it was beautiful work. Uh, uh, and then COVID hit, you know, and so it's like everything got kind of turned sideways and not everything. Some stuff was already sideways and some stuff actually seemed like it. Um, yeah, regardless. So one of the conversations I kept having over and over again was with pastors and with families, homes, households who were saying every, all the ways that I connected with the church up until now seemed to just like 
have gone out the window. Hmm. And so like such a huge chunk of the way that like faith formation happened, the rhythms of faith, gathering together, singing together, eating together, um, worshiping together, um, studying scripture together, all we couldn't do it together anymore. Yeah. And so, and so it, it, it didn't feel like in some ways it caused some, some stressors, but in some ways it just revealed that, you know, for a lot of folks, like that's the place where the majority of their rhythms of faith were anchored, um, was inside the physical church building. And so, um, but honestly, it's, it's more, it's been more than that. It it was conversations with people who were saying, you know, I want to, you know, have my kids grow up and, you know, know, know who God is and like walk with them in faith, but I don't really know like quite what to do. Like, I know I'm taking them to Sunday school. Like we go to church together. Like I take them X, Y, and Z, but I just would like some other like tools to hold. And so we know what, what a powerful tool music can be. And then we know like, yeah, some of the other pieces are, are anchored in some of our work that we've done writing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's part of where that's, that's part of where it came from. How did you get connected with this project? So I worked with Seth for several years um, with kids club programs in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And so we've already been writing together and working together on various things for the church. And so when he asked me to be a part of this project, I was super excited um, to be able to do something post slash during pandemic in a new season of my life. And I'm actually living in a new place now. Um, So more opportunities to connect with people that I've been connecting with for a long time. We, uh, Melody and I also wrote together for, um, shine curriculums, vacation Bible school curriculum that would have come out last summer, come to the table. And so Melody, um, my wife, Teresa, peachy Chrisman, myself and Christina Hershey, who's a student at Duke divinity. Uh, that was our kids club team. And, uh, yeah, so we, Melody and I know each other as writers really well. I, uh, for years worshiped with Melody before she moved away and, when she started working on this project with Seth, she invited me uh, to work with her. We both get very excited about how we communicate uh, the good news in compelling ways uh, through our words and through things like little liturgies. So, Greg, you are not the founder, but you've been pulled along the journey. Um, can you talk about why you've said yes to, to this sort of a project and, and what you help bring to the table? Well, I will reframe your question just a little bit because I will, I will give you that I've been pulled along, but it hasn't been by Seth. Um, okay. it, it's been it's been uh, by the idea and by the uh, the excitement with which I see people responding to the project. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been in the fundraising and development world for a couple years now, and it's it's crazy. Uh, how excited people are about this project and, and the reason that it's able to be free and the reason that, that uh, Seth's printing twice as many copies of the project uh, for volume two for the Lent um, volume of the project that he did for the, the Easter and not Easter, the Christmas and Advent um, volume is because people are, saying, yes, I see that this is um, doing something important. I want to support this. And so there are resources to make it uh, widely available for free. And that's that's really exciting to see. And 
honestly, like it's really exciting to see the response of my kids and my family. Like Hmm. um, it's, it's something that we use at home and I love hearing my kids uh, singing the songs and seeing them participate in the little liturgies and, and hearing them talk about faith more regularly in just throughout our week. Um, and, and that is super exciting. We've, we've heard a lot of rhetoric over the last few years about the death of the center, that, uh, that our world is becoming more polarized, um, including in church spaces, and not just politically, but, but even in terms of church sizes. We've heard mm. that um, mega churches and house churches are the ones that are growing, and we're sort of seeing the death of the, the old standard of two to 300 people worshiping mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning, perhaps a multi-staff. Those just don't exist anymore. They exist in fewer and fewer places, um, which mm-hmm. also means that resources are, are, are more and more important. And um, so I'm guessing that this resource is with that in mind, is with this uh, void, this pulling back of the curtain on, um, on the need that, w- that is out there. There's, there's a, there's a huge need. You're right, Ben. And it's, um, there are a lot of really good resources out there. We've worked, um, you know, uh, two years ago, we worked writing uh, with the folks at Shine uh, who are anchored in Menlo Media and Brethren Press, and we helped them write their Vacation Bible School program for Come to the Table. And a lot of that was anchored in the work that we were already doing. We were already working, writing with, helping the congregations we were partnering with to look at scripture and digest it and think through things for themselves. Um, and Menlo Media creates a ton of great resources um, for faith formation. This was about, yeah, coming coming alongside families and church communities to give them another tool. Yeah, Creating music in the church is incredibly cost prohibitive. It, it, it's, it, it's, it costs money, it's expensive. And so, and music is like a lifeblood for the church um, together, as well, as well as some of these other resources. It was a way of giving families and church communities another thing to add in to help them further strengthen the way their rhythms of faith. Yeah. I think this is for everyone. Um, we want it to be (laughs) for little people who are new in the faith. Um, we want it to be for families. We want it to be for singles. We want it to be for friends meeting together, but it is a group, um, resource and we hope to resource people together in community so it's whoever people are doing community with of all ages. And yeah, we are very intentionally um, hoping to direct people to Jesus and cultivate Christian discipleship. Um, but anyone who's turning towards Jesus somewhere on that journey is <laughs> really our audience. I, I think about it a lot, Ben, with uh, the, it's the, like the idea of a table. So like who might find themselves at my supper table on yeah. any given night of the week and where we live uh, um, in Harrisonburg, it varies before COVID, like the number of folks who could find, you could find uh, from the various different parts of our lives, from our community, from our neighborhood, um, from the church that we're a part of, from our friends. Um, our hope is that anyone who would sit down at a table together, um, that it would be a, it would be something that they could connect with. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, can I be really honest about the first time I heard about this project from Seth when he was launching the idea and he was sharing it at a pastor's lunch 
Um, so I'm also a pastor, one of two pastors at uh, Early Church. And um, we're at this lunch and Seth is sharing about it. And I'm kind of vibrating inside like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is so cool. Wait, <laughs> is this guy completely insane? And how is it going to work for everyone of all times? And, you know, everyone at the table. And I have to say, I think that's one of the really exciting, one of the numerous really exciting parts of this project mm. um, is how it dives in and tries to really invite all ages and stages uh, around the table, not only our ages in our physical bodies, but our ages in our in our spiritual journeys and lives. Um, and I don't know if you remember our conversation, Seth, as we were walking back to the car. Although at that stage, my brain was calculating who's putting together all the artwork that you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, are we talking about really great quality music that's also really attractive to the little kids but and engaging for them? But also compelling to adults and forgive me, not like, not to be reductive, but not cheesy, you know, we're not only limited. Mm, Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm seeing it unfold. It's a, it's the thing that we're working at. Melody and I from the visual art and the little liturgy side with Seth and then Seth with all the musicians, we're like trying to get at that all the time, probably imperfectly in many different ways, but We'd like to thank Galen Miller and Sue Neeb of Goshen, Indiana for being generous donors to Menno Media. Galen and Sue are part of Menno Media's 2022 Provident Giving Society, a group of generous supporters who provide foundational resources so Menno Media can always pursue mission over profit in a very competitive publishing environment. If you enjoy the content provided by Ink Podcasts and other Menno Media materials, Please consider donating and supporting our work today at slash donate Today's episode is brought to you in part by two graduate programs at Eastern Mennonite University. The Center for Justice and Peacebuilding and Eastern Mennonite Seminary offer graduate degrees, certificates, and other professional development opportunities. Join us to expand your skills, challenge your mind, and feed your spirit. Eastern Mennonite Seminary is grounded in the Anabaptist values of community, service, sustainability, peacebuilding, and discipleship. We invite you to participate in God's movement and discern together how to lead communities to embody Christ in the world. 
At the Center for Justice and Peacebuilding, you will learn with people working towards a more just and less violent world. You will become adept at interrogating systems, understanding the causes of violence and injustice, and responding to them. Learn more about how we can be a part of your journey by visiting emu.edu ing. It's been an awesome like team of people working on this together, Ben. I mean, like a dozen musicians more. It's growing every time we do a, a new recording. Um, local folks, folks that we've met sort of across Mennonite Church USA and outside of the Mennonite Church and um, local musicians who we love and respect here locally in Virginia. Um, team of writers. Uh, it's a lot of hands working together to work towards a common towards a common goal, but I, I help to check in on people and see how the different pieces are going. But I, if there's a real trust and collaborative spirit Hmm. uh, that happens, that feels like, yeah, we're excited to continue to bring in new writers and new musicians and new uh, folks to come in and share, share like the, the, the voice that they have. And as they, as we together, we turn towards Jesus. We've, we've hinted at what you get if you acquire this free product, but we haven't really <laughs> talked about the what. what. That's probably my fault as an interviewer. Um, what exactly do people get when they say yes to the Soil and the Seed project? You get a really excited email in response because we're excited <laughs> that people like want to live into new rhythms of faith. For the little liturgy part, um, it means you're getting a little card that you can hold in your hand. And on the card is a template of something that you can use to then jump into more conversation. And Hmm. yeah, so at the top, we have scripture verses. Um, These are based on the lectionary cycle. And so they're deeply held within the liturgical year. And then we've written a prayer that can be shared together with one voice or many voices, um, often with a repeating line for that really catches the essence of what we're trying to say. Um, and then we have questions that are for further discussion around the table. Um, some of the questions are aimed more towards a younger audience. Some are older, everything in between, um, deep things, and also just like remembering past experiences. Um, and then we have a little practice that can be done. This can be a posture or something tangible mm-hmm. that we do with our hands that helps us to engage more deeply. And then at the bottom, there's a song that we are recommending for people to listen to this week that's connected with those scripture verses as well. Um, that's from the CD. It's available as a digital download as well. Um, if you are the kind of person who doesn't have a CD player in your home anymore, <laughs> yeah. um, how so soon many. until you put it on vinyl? That's uh, making a huge uh, comeback. We're getting right there. Now. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> our our audio engineer for this last round, uh, who does a lot of our work, uh, he he he's like, "So, are you thinking?" I was like, oh, "We're not going to do that this time." But you know, yeah, it's it's been fun to see the the different ways it's it's grown and unfolded, and yeah. that form that Melody just described of sort of the pattern is a pattern that we can practice for both like sharing 
uh, in conversation, just that would naturally happen. And also practicing listening. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite parts. These questions are kind of open-ended and, and they help us listen to each other and also listen to the Holy Spirit's movement in our lives. And so I think that practicing listening is something that uh, the world needs right yeah. now yeah. and the church church needs right now. And so hopefully this will help build up some of those listening muscles on the folks who engage it. There's also an artistic component that Harrigan's been working a lot with um, outside of formatting the little liturgies. Yeah, well, when, when Seth described this image of music, liturgies, and art, you know, our my my brain and spirit just opened. Like, yes, we all we all want to constantly um, be living in and through and around the arts of adoration. Like, we we want to give life and breath and visual imagery and words to the things that make us alive. And Jesus, yeah. God made us in His image as creators, and so for this to have a visual component made so much sense. And also was really exciting to me. And so we're in the process of um, opening ourselves to what artists might be around whose work can uh, line up and or bless the little liturgies. So there's a very physical feeling to the liturgies when you hold them in your hand. You know, if you have these at the dinner table or wherever we say the table, that is a great place, but it could be elsewhere. Yeah. Um, they're beautiful to behold. The words are done in a beautiful way. Uh, Melody's sister, actually, Jessa, designed the images that have a seed, the soil, the sprout, the roots that we follow the liturgies through. And on the back, you find one small piece of a larger artwork. And um, I love that we are not trying to make sense of all this for everyone. Like we didn't send out a an artist statement about why our artwork is cut into six pieces, yeah. you know, or you're going to unlock some great secret when you set these six <laughs> Like, no, we just allowed it to be what it is. Um, yeah. So if you, if you get the little liturgy in your home and you're holding it, on the back is some piece that adds up together. And I think it's similar to the reflective questions in that they're kind of open-ended. Um, it slows you down in consuming the image. You know, we're a very visual world. We move very quickly through images and sometimes we don't stop to really read them. Yeah. So I appreciate that it slows you down to read the image in relationship to what we're saying. Um, and, and it's our prayer that the spirit would use the images for different people in different ways or that they would simply delight in the beauty of them. I love that posture that you began with. Um, we just a few weeks ago wrapped up a mini series looking at the life and legacy of MJ Sharp, a UN mm. peacekeeper who was killed in the Congo. And I think there's this tendency to lift him up as a hero, as someone willing to go where others were not. Um, but his parents were very quick to say, no, 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 MJ just entered doors as they opened. And he was willing to sit at the table and to listen to what people needed. And I think you've got a spirit here that is trying to do just that. You're not coming in saying, hey, guess, guess what? We got together. We got the solution to what your church's problem is. Um, it only got seventy nine ninety five, And, you know, here's the we entire always do. We always do that. And it's such a joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not the word. That's not the way that, like, that's that seems so awful and so arrogant. And. I think I think for me, like we can create really robust, theologically really rich resources 
um, that speak to this sort of like tradition of following Jesus in a very present and real, genuine way in our current moment. Yeah, it makes me more excited to share it with people because I can just hand it out and there's no strings attached and they don't have to feel obligated to do anything with it. Mm -hmm. And so it's, yeah, it makes it really fun to share um, and encourages us to share it broadly. I think it's some serious work uh, to commit upfront. Like when I learned about this project before I became a part of it, uh, to this remaining a free resource. Like if if the ideal was that everyone really wanted to use them, you know, um, how do you support that? And so I appreciate the side that I, I appreciate that the project is is committed to creatively figuring that out, uh, because in a, yeah. in a consumer society, you know, we're always trying to sell something and we're always mm-hmm. trying to make money off the next thing. But these are not, these are the the words of Christ. These are the scriptures made alive in our time and day. You know, we're not, hmm. we can't, uh, capitalize on them in our own corner, even though we understand that um, <laughs> you have to be paid. And one of the incredible yeah. things about this project that has also surprised me, uh, is that Seth, when he was saying, oh, do you want to work with me? And we want to compensate you as an artist. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Not that, of course, we would always like to compensate each other at at, uh, a lot. But, um, you know, there's not a lot of finances for things like artists, paying artists for their artwork, the use of their artwork and things. And that's really beautiful and exceptional, um, valuing the work that they do in a world that, can sometimes struggle to put a value on that. Um, but I do, I want to back up and say there is actually a catch. Like there's not the gimmicky <laughs> catch, you know, you're not, you're not uh, <laughs> signing up for something and then you have to do it. And then you're going to, we're going to send you 60 emails to try to get you to buy something or something. No, but there is a catch. I think that it's hard in our world and society, particularly our, you know, rushing Western digital society, to slow down enough to pay attention to one resource. Yeah. I think it's really hard. And when we're giving out this beautiful one thing, you could do a million things. We could, we're, we're, we're overwhelmed with all of the choices that we have. Yeah. And we're, yeah. we're just offering one simple thing mm-hmm. and it's free and it's simple and it follows a pattern and it. And so I think that there's the catch. The catch is slowing down enough to use it and to cultivate the simple practice of it. I have really appreciated the action pieces that have been included for, um, I I think they're written mostly with the kids in mind, but it's been really great for me to participate in those actions as well, whether it's a physical action or um, a more concrete hands-on thing to do to, to reflect on um, the passage and, and uh, different things around that. Um, so a, as a parent, I appreciate it for my kids, but it's, it's also helpful for me. And, and anybody who's in education knows that uh, when you teach um, kids uh, and you teach in a way that kids learn well, the adults in the room are going to learn that just as well from that, um, that kind of teaching. What about looking forward? Um, do you have your uh, sight set on 
uh, a next season in the liturgical calendar or a ordinary time package for people yeah. who uh, need something <laughs> before we get there? Yeah, I'm working on ordinary time right now and learning that it says it's ordinary, but it's not actually very ordinary. And the life of the church mm. is exciting. And yeah, it's not just about the main feasts or the main celebrations, but daily discipleship and walking with Jesus and living out our faith as a church is super important. I, I think I'm also really excited um, because uh, the, the church does really well at Advent and we do really well in Lent and in Holy Week. I, I think those are times that the church shines in, in enabling and equipping fo- individuals uh, to walk in a, in a very mindful way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, I think that it's all of the times in between that we maybe don't always have that same sort of... So um, I guess I'm really hoping that the... The, the careful rhythms that we've been working at establishing in these seasons will be able to extend and it will help people as they try to live and live out their faith as they walk with Jesus uh, throughout the whole year. Hmm. We're here in mid-March. We have not yet reached Easter Sunday um, yet for this year. Uh, is it too late if someone wants to sign up today? No, it's not too late. You can go to the soil and the seed project.org and sign up to receive a collection. There's a download form so you can fill it out. Let us know how many copies you want, whatever, uh, whether you want digital copies um, or physical copies. Once you have the digital copy, you're welcome to share it as broadly as you want. You can share it within your community. You can share it um, with your neighbor. (laughs) You can share it with your family um, or your friends. Uh, and you can sh- also send us an email at the soil and the seed project at gmail.com. And we'd love to get in touch with you. If you have questions about the project, reach out. We'd love to tell you more about it and, uh, get some copies in your hands as soon as possible. Well, thank you so much for being here with us on the podcast today. Uh, everyone go check out the soil and the seed project. This year, the season of Lent corresponds with women's history month Curating Podcast, we're excited to be bringing you the voices of several women over the next few weeks. Next week on Ing Podcast, we sit down with Annalie Leptison, one of the creators of the Voices Together Hymnal Project. As always, we'd like to thank our guests and all who support Ing Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the journey. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review in your favorite podcasting app. And if you have something to share, Send us a message at theing at menomedia.org or by leaving us a voicemail. Ing Podcast is hosted by Reverend Allison Moss and Reverend Dr. Dennis Edwards and produced by me, Ben Weidman. Views and opinions expressed on Ing Podcast are those of our hosts and guests and may not represent that of Leader Magazine or Menno Media. Ing Podcast is a production of Menno Media a nonprofit publisher that creates thoughtful Anabaptist resources to enrich faith in a complex world. To find out more, visit us online at menomedia.org. Tranquility